Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Now, very few people saw the birth of the Lord Jesus who were there. Well, most of all, importantly, of course, there was Jesus. But there was another person in the manger, one who we don't think about so much, perhaps a bit in the shadows, but we want to think of him because he's a very important person in the story of Christmas. Yes, Joseph is at the manger. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. Today, we're continuing a brand new series for Christmas called At the Manger, taking a closer look at a very important yet often overlooked figure at the manger, Joseph. While there's not a lot of information about Joseph in Scripture, we know that he was a just and faithful man. So let's join Pastor John Monroe for today's lesson. As we count the days down to Christmas, we're focusing on the theme at the manger. We thought last time that a manger is really just a feeding trough for animals. There, the Savior of the world, our Lord Jesus Christ, lies. Here is the entrance of the Son of God into the world. There is no room in the inn, and there were very few people at the manger that first Christmas when Jesus was born. We thought of Joseph, an extremely important person in the Christmas story, but often forgotten, in the shadows as it were. Yet we realize that Joseph is used by God to watch over his son. We learned that Joseph was a man of obedience. As we come to the manger, let's take another look at Joseph. We want to think of this man, Joseph. He is a man of obedience. As I've read and pondered uh, the story and thought of Joseph, this has struck me that this man is a man of obedience. When told of the pregnancy of his fiancée, he obeys God. Turn over to Luke chapter 2 to read a little more of what we call the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2. Verse 1. In those days, a decree went from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, even to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Think of the story, think of the sequence of events. Shortly after, the angel announces to Joseph that his fiancée is with child. They are told that they are to go uh, to Bethlehem for the census. This would have been quite an adventure. But we see the integrity of this man, Joseph. And we see his obedience. And when the time comes to give birth, Joseph is there. In the manger, Luke tells us, Luke 2 verse 7, because there was no place for them in the inn. And as the Messiah is born and laid in the manger, Joseph is there. He obeys God. Joseph 
goes with Mary to Bethlehem. The angel tells Joseph to take Mary as his wife. He does that. They then go from Bethlehem to Egypt at the command of the angel of the Lord. They then return from Egypt to Israel at the command of the angel of the Lord. And then, in another dream, he guides the family back to Nazareth, his hometown. And it is there we know that Jesus is raised. God's purposes are being fulfilled. The Messiah is preserved. Joseph has the privilege of being at the manger when the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, God incarnate is born. And Joseph is God's obedient servant in preserving and raising the child, Jesus. This man is a man of obedience. Let's think of the importance of obedience in the life of those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus. A follower of Jesus is a disciple. What's one of the characteristics of a disciple? A disciple, among other things, is a learner. And to learn, you have to obey. You have to be teachable. You ever try to teach someone who's not teachable? You ever tried to teach someone who's arrogant? You ever tried to help someone who doesn't respond to what you're saying? Perhaps in a family situation, an employment situation, a ministry situation? Characteristic of the authentic follower of Jesus is obedience. That takes humility, doesn't it? Three things I want to leave with you about obedience this morning. First of all, obey God instantly. See that little word, instantly? Joseph's obedience is instant. Matthew 1 verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Would you have done that? I think I might have tried to argue with the angel. I think I might have had a lot of questions. We don't read of him arguing with the angel. We don't read, read of him questioning the angel of the Lord. We don't read of him trying to suggest to the angel of the Lord that there might be some other way to deal with this predicament. No, in fact, throughout all of Scripture, Joseph does not say one word. This remarkable man, the husband of Mary who bears Jesus, Scripture, the gospel writers, don't record him saying one word. What they do record is that he obeys God instantly. Do you get it? Obey God instantly. We saw, as we looked a couple of weeks ago, at the vine and the branches, the importance of abiding in Christ, and we thought of the teaching of Jesus, who says that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do you do that? Are you an obedient follower of Jesus? You really think you know better than God? You're going to argue with God? You're going to argue with Scripture? You're going to try and talk your way out of it? You're trying to say that whatever the Scripture says, it doesn't really apply to you because you're different because of your background or your views or the culture is changing and that the Bible is on the wrong side of history and all of that? Is that, is that where you are, trying to rationalize your disobedience? 
Have you ever been asked to do anything as difficult as Joseph? I don't think so. We thought last week of another man of obedience, Abraham, who's told to leave everything he knows and to go somewhere and he doesn't even know where he's going, but he's told to trust God. The obedience of faith. The Bible says that the commandments of God are not grievous, they're not difficult. So I have to ask you, not only are you obeying, but do you obey instantly? It's difficult for us, isn't it? That shows tremendous humility. That means we recognize that God knows better. The psalmist says, as for God, his way is perfect. God is much wiser than us. God knows the future. He knows everything about everything. So he asks us to trust him and to obey him instantly. Delayed obedience is disobedience. If you delay obeying the word of God, that is disobedience. The favorite word of the devil is tomorrow. Tomorrow. God says today. God expects instant obedience. And I marvel at Joseph providing us a wonderful example of that. Here's another example. We recently did a series on the seven deadly sins. And you were convicted of a particular sin in your life. The Holy Spirit convicted you. And you thought, I need to repent of that. I need to put that to death. That sin in my life must end. But you know, that was several weeks ago. And you still have not done it. You say, well, I'm going to attend to that one day. I'm, I'm really going to do that. I know that that sin in my life is wrong, and uh, I've got to put it to death. The Scripture says that put to death the deeds of, your, of the earth. I need to have a pure conscience before God. Uh, this attitude, this behavior, this habit must come to an end. But it hasn't come to an end yet. And you're still thinking about it. You plan to end that sin tomorrow. Tomorrow. The Bible says, no, today. Today is the day when God speaks to you. Today is the day when you realize that God is commanding you to do something or commanding you not to do something. The time to do it is today. Follow the example of Joseph. Obey God instantly. You say, well, you don't understand the pressures on me. Think of the pressures on Joseph. He's told to take a pregnant woman as his wife. What are the neighbors going to think? What are his family members going to think? What's the rabbi in the synagogue going to think? Tremendous pressures on this young man. All of this threatens his standing in the community as a young carpenter trying to make a living. How is he going to deal with this pressure? Once Jesus is born, the command from the angel is to take Mary and the baby Jesus to Egypt. How's he going to get there? What a pressure situation. Who's going to pay for the journey? Where are they going to stay? What's going to happen? How are they going to get there? Egypt is a long way away, particularly in the first century culture. But this humble, quiet man obeys God in a pressure situation. He doesn't have GPS. He doesn't have a car. doesn't have a RV. There he goes, 
and he sets off to Egypt. Then he has the pressure of going back and as he gets back to Israel, then he's told, no, you go back to Nazareth, but that's where he came from and he's going to have to deal with certain things there and what are the people going to think about him returning? And there's this little boy uh, and he's not the father. What, what are the people going to think? But again, he obeys God instantly. That's an authentic disciple, isn't it? Who is obedient. Number two, leave the consequences of your obedience to God. That's called faith. Joseph doesn't know how things will turn out by taking Mary as his wife. Will his reputation suffer? How is life going to be in Egypt? How is life going to be in Nazareth when he returns after being away for a while? Joseph leaves the consequences of his obedience to the Lord. That's the obedience of faith. Another great example, of course, is in Abraham. That's what he does. He goes. He doesn't know where he's going. But he trusts God and he leaves the consequences of doing the right thing to God. What does the Bible say? The just shall live by faith. Are you living by faith? Or is everything going to be set out? You want a blueprint. You want a guarantee. You want to know all the fine print. If you do this, you want God to say to you, well, if you do that, everything's going to be okay. And this is how it's going to work out. That's not how it, how it is. You and I are commanded to trust God and leave the consequences of that right action to God. It's a supernatural way of living. It's trusting God. It's obeying God. It's believing God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You hesitating to obey God today because you're not sure of the consequence of your obedience, it's, it could cost you. You're in a work situation and in order to get that promotion, in order to get that sale, you've got to compromise your convictions. And you think, you know, I know the right thing to do, but if I do that, there's gonna be consequences. I may not get promoted, I may not get the bonus, I may not get the sale, I might get fired. I'm asking you to trust God, do the right thing, and leave the consequences to God. Here's a single person, and they're dating somebody who's not a believer, or if they are a believer, they're not living for Christ. And you know that's wrong. You know you should end that relationship, but you don't do so. You know why you don't do so? Because you're worrying that you may be single for the rest of your life. You think, if I end this relationship, that may be the end of it. I, I, I know this person isn't where they should be spiritually, but if I end it, what's going to happen to me? Will you learn from Joseph? Will you always do the right thing? Will you obey God? Will you leave the consequences of your obedience to the Lord? Will you trust God? and know the tremendous blessing which comes from those who do obey God. Do you think God's in, God's in anyone's debt? 
Don't you doubt the faithfulness of God? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you ever think that God is going to let you down? No, obey God instantly and leave the consequences of your obedience to the Lord. Finally, when obeying God, there's no need to fear. Did you notice when the angel comes to Joseph in Matthew 1 verse 20, we read, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. No doubt, Joseph is troubled, anxious, afraid. What's going to happen? Again, when there's that command to go to Egypt, that command to return, so easy to be afraid, isn't it? But Joseph, again, obeys God. When you obey God, there's no need to fear. Why are you afraid to trust God and obey Him? The time to be fearful is not when you're obeying God. The time to be fearful is when you're disobeying God. That's the time to be anxious. The time to be anxious and fearful and worrying is when you're not obeying God, when you've decided to take things into your own hands, when you're working out your own agenda. That's the time to be fearful. That's the time to be anxious. But the safest place on earth, the, pay, the place of peace, is the place of obedience, is the place of surrender, is the place of trust. Isaiah says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This is the, the rock. This is the rock of ages that God never, ever, ever lets us down. Put our trust in him. Don't be afraid. You say, well, this could happen and that could happen. Yes, it's possible in your mind to create a thousand scenarios, all of which are bad, all of which are fearful, but God asks you to trust him and to walk by faith. So here's this man at the manger, Joseph, a quiet man, a man of honor, a man of righteousness, a man who has faith in God, a man who is unselfish in difficult circumstances. He puts Mary before himself. He's concerned about the safety of this little baby, Jesus, and he puts that before himself. This man is a strong man, isn't he? What a good friend Joseph would make. He's a man of obedience. And he has the wonderful privilege of obeying God. He's a wonderful privilege of giving this little baby boy a name, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And he will begin to understand that that little boy born in a stable and laid in a manger is none other than God incarnate, the Son of God, the one who comes as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And God in his sovereign purposes chooses Joseph, a carpenter, not a rabbi, not a rich man, not an influential man in the city of Nazareth, no, he chooses this man, a man in the shadows as it were, a man that most people might even not even know about, but he chooses that man to be at the manger when the Savior of the world 
is born. Do you look on yourself as someone on the fringes, someone in the shadows? God often takes that kind of person, a person of humility, a person of obedience, and uses them in extraordinary ways. Have you obeyed God? Do you know how it begins? Listen to the words of Jesus in John 3.36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. That's it. We either believe on the Son of God or we don't believe, and that not believing is called disobeying. Whoever believes has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Notice the result of disobeying. This Christmas, as we approach Christmas, I invite you to do what millions have done down through the centuries, to come to our Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect man, perfect God, the Savior of the world, the one who's going to grow up in perfection, die on a cross for our sins, be buried and raised again. And he says, now if you believe me, you'll have eternal life. If you don't obey me, you won't see life where the wrath of God remains on you. I trust every single one of us here has placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, if you've never obeyed the gospel, if you've never repented and come the food of the cross and cried out to Christ for salvation. I invite you to do that. And may those of us who have put our trust in Christ learn from this wonderful man, Joseph, to obey, to obey instantly, to obey without fear, to obey and to leave the consequences to him, to trust God and to obey him. As the old hymn says, trust and obey, for there's no other way. That's the way. That's what God wants for you. He wants for me to trust Him and to obey Him. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the end of a lesson titled, Joseph, the Obedient Man. You can find this message available on our website at theverdict.org. Today, we're continuing a new series leading up to Christmas called At the Manger and looking closer at the figures who were present at the birth of Jesus Christ. And as we explore this marvelous event, we also want to help answer some of your biggest questions about God, eternity, and salvation. That's why we're excited to offer you a special booklet from John titled Eternal Security, Finding Certainty in a Chaotic World. This booklet is completely free by mail, or you can download it from our website. Just visit us at theverdict.org. Here at The Verdict, we're committed to sharing the truth of God's Word every day. And during this special time of giving, we invite you to share these Bible lessons with people across the globe who need to hear the gospel and the Word of God by supporting our ministry with a gift of any amount. Your donation is especially helpful right now as we prepare for another year of ministry. To donate before December 31st, just click on the Donate tab on our homepage or give us a call at 833-551-2231. You can even send a check in the mail by writing to 
The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Do you find it easy or difficult to obey God? One of the many things I admire about Joseph is that he obeyed God instantly when he was asked to do very difficult things. It was to this kind of man whom God entrusted to watch over his son, Jesus, the Savior. Joseph is not a self-centered, self-serving, self-promoting individual, but characterized by deep humility, and that is translated into obedience. Take the step of obedience. Trust God. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.